0: I want to talk to you today about a mental health issue, probably one of the more serious ones confronting our society. And I'll tell you why. While the extremity, the consequences of it may not be as extreme, it's enormous and it's prevalent and it is so enormous and so prevalent that it often goes ignored in many of our lives. In fact, with this specific mental health issue, It is one of those that it seems so obvious in our life that we cannot imagine a life where it does not exist. According to the World Health Organization, Americans have the greatest problem with this issue than any other country in the planet. So I want you to imagine the world's most prosperous society is also the one that is the most worried society. So congratulations, if you're American in here, you've won something you'd prefer not to win. You are the most worried than anybody else in the world. And it's true, many of us struggle with chronic, with continuous, and what many of us would claim is a natural sense of worry in our life. But the truth is that it poisons a lot of our peace. It kills a lot of our joy and it stunts our spiritual growth. You see where in, in our mind we think, I can't imagine not being worried about something. God says, I have promised you perfect peace. A peace that is continual, everlasting, that the world can't give you and the world can't take away from you. And yet, according to Barner Research, about 60% of, of Americans, people in the United States, regularly struggle with worry and stress. 60%, easy math, over half of us, right? Now, I wanted to see how true that was. If you remember, at the beginning of this series, I sent out a survey about all these different you know, basic questions about mental health. One of the questions on there was... Would you say in the past two weeks you have had a feeling of overwhelming worry about something? And believe it or not, 60% of the people who completed that survey in this church said that is true. So the people in this room line up with the people in the rest of the world, which is interesting because again, this is a room full of people who follow Jesus. Somebody who said you should live a worry-free life and yet we live as if... It's a normal part of life. In fact, if somebody came to you and said, no, I don't have any worries. I don't worry about anything. We would kind of, you know, twist our head a little bit. Like, what is wrong with you? Because you don't worry about all of these things that are easy to worry about in this world. So if you're in this room, you're part of that 60%, you have some kind of weight, some kind of burden, some kind of concern, somebody you're worried about, a loved one. You're worried about the future. You're worried about your finances. There's something on your mind at the forefront that is ever-present <coughs> and is making you live in a constant state of worry. Why are so many of us plagued with worry? That's a question I want to answer. And I can answer it pretty easily right up here at the front just going to shoot straight with you on this one. I'm not sidestepping you at all today. I'm not giving us any excuses, any way to cop out of this one. This one is pretty straightforward. It's because of our sinful nature. That's why. Because we are sinners and we tend to default towards fear rather than faith. And I can prove it to you. At 2 a.m. in the morning, whenever you wake up, and you're thinking about things, you're likely not trying to juggle all of your blessings and things that are giving you peace in your life. You're most likely worried about, I don't know, your children, health problem that you're struggling with, somebody in your family that has something going on, something happening at work with your boss or a presentation you have to make. You're concerned about how you're gonna care for your parents in the future. Or maybe you're concerned about bigger things like terrorism or division or presidential elections, right? There's always something to be worried about. We live in a culture where, again, worry is universally recognized as a normal part of life. And yet, Jesus promised us something else. Peace. 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 And yet, that is something that we are missing in our life we are missing peace now if you remember earlier in the series we talked about anxiety and you might be wondering well Aren't anxiety and worry essentially the same thing? Like, what is the difference between worry and anxiety? And I do want to break it down because while they are undoubtedly linked together, all of these are linked together at some capacity, I want to make a distinction between the two because at least in today's world, I think there is a difference. And at the risk of oversimplification, I want to define these two terms so at least all of us are talking about the same thing today. All right, so what is worry? Well, typically... Worry is a response to a specific concern or uncertainty about the future. It's usually attached to a thing, an item, an event that's happening, right? So an example of this might be, you can imagine a student waiting for the results of an important exam that they took. They may worry about having failed that exam. They may think through all of the consequences if they failed that exam. They may Uh, play out the worst-case scenario if they fail that exam. They're worried about a very focused, specific event that ultimately they don't have any more control of outside of taking the test. But they're worried about the specificity of it. Anxiety is a far more generalized state of unease or apprehension. So usually anxiety can't be attached to a certain event. It is more of a general unease. So a very clear uh, example someone gave me, it's the difference between flying on a plane on Thursday versus just flying and traveling in general. So you may have anxiety about traveling, but you are worried about your flight on Thursday that you're going to go on, right? So again, We're drawing lines because of the text we're going to dive into this morning. But anxiety, what we talked about, remember, anxiety is not a sin. We talked about that a couple of of years ago. Feels like years ago, doesn't it? A couple of weeks ago, we talked about anxiety. And usually people are constantly feeling on edge, difficulty of sleeping, regardless of the extremity. If it's worry, if it's anxiety, in the world that we live in today... It seems like there is plenty of things for me to be worried about. And yet, Jesus says to live a worry-free life. How could he say that? He says, if I am on the throne, you have nothing to be worried about. And I want to show you that text. We're going to break down that text. We're going to read it together. We're going to talk about what is Jesus what all, what what encompasses this worry? And Jesus is actually going to give us some practical things to move through it. If you have your Bible, you can begin turning to Matthew chapter six. I'm going to be reading from the good news translation. And the reason is because this translation uses the word worry in it. So your Bible may have anxious. Don't be anxious about anything. But as we just kind of drew that line, I think there is a difference between worry and anxiety in today's world. We classify these as two different things. And what I think Matthew is talking about here or Jesus is talking about here is what we could define and look at as worry. It's something different. So let's pick up in chapter six, verse 24. I'm just going to read this text for us. It'll be up here on the board. (coughs) You cannot be a slave of two masters. You will hate one and love the other. You'll be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. This is why I tell you do not be worried about the food and drink you need in order to stay alive or about clothes for your body. After all, isn't life worth more than food? Isn't the body worth more than clothes? Look at the birds. They don't plant seeds, gather for harvest, put it in barns, yet your Father in heaven takes care of them. Aren't you worth more than the birds? Can any of you live a little bit longer by worrying about it? Verse 28 And why worry about clothes? Look how the wildflowers grow. They don't work to make clothes for themselves. But I tell you, not even King Solomon with all of his wealth and his clothes or had clothes as beautiful as one of these flowers. It is God who clothes the wild grass, grass that is here today and gone tomorrow, burned up in the oven. Won't he be all the more sure to clothe you? What little faith you have. So do not start worrying, where will my food come from, or my drink, or my clothes? These are the things that the pagans are always concerned about. Your Father in heaven knows that you need all these things. Instead, be concerned above everything else with the kingdom of God and with what he requires of you. And he will provide you with all of these things. So do not worry about tomorrow. It will have enough worries of its own. There is no need to add to the trouble each day brings. Now, I want you to notice here, Jesus tackles a, a short list of things that we can, as humans, be worried about. Right? So let's just break down that list and I'll leave this up and then I'll, I'll give you the full list here. So the first thing he says is don't be worried about your finances, your money. Right. And man, in our world today, this is probably number one of our worries. Right. We're worried about the job, the promotion, the, the bank account, the investments. We're worried about, am I going to be wealthy enough to get the things that I want? He says, don't worry about food. Now, in this world, the world Jesus is preaching to, they probably are actually worried about food. They're probably actually worried about going home to a pantry that doesn't actually have a whole stockpile filled in it. And you go and you open it and you're like, mom, we don't have anything to eat. And it's like you have half of the Walmart food section in our house. There's something to eat there. He says, don't be worried about fitness or health, about taking care of yourself. But man, isn't that with social media, our fitness and what we look like is often the top of our worry. Don't be worried about your fashion, about your clothes and what you're wearing, because for us, What is on my outside determines the value people place on me, right? So I'll have nice things. I'll have nice clothes. I'll wear nice shoes. I'll drive nice cars. I'll have a manicured yard and a picket fence and a dog that doesn't bark and chase other dogs and kids that are polite and have everything together. And it goes so far beyond our fashion, but it's the same root problem. Don't be worried about the future, he says about tomorrow because, man, tomorrow has enough problems of its own, doesn't it? Finances, food, fitness, fashion, future. If you think about your worry, I imagine (coughs) with very little effort, you could probably fit it into one of these categories It's because Jesus knows the human condition. And many of us think that, many of us may feel or we hear that this book is an ancient book full of ancient problems, but the reality is it's a book full of human problems and you're just as human as anybody that Jesus preached to in person. Also, I get uh, preacher points if I do all of the same letter with uh, my points. So I'm a super preacher today. So there you go. Jesus had my back on this one. Late, uh, late preacher, theologian, man of God, Timothy Keller passed away this past week from uh, pancreatic cancer. It's age 72. <coughs> Whenever he was diagnosed with that cancer, he did a, you know, a video post to people like me and others that have just followed his work and have grown so much in our own faith by what he's done. And he was talking about the diagnosis and um, just what he's going through and the faith and confidence that he had. Uh, Thank you, Miss Minerva. I am going to take. she's like, you definitely need this. And he's talking about this, this diagnosis. And I I mean, I can't say any better or any simpler than Then Keller says, he says, if the resurrection is true, then everything's going to be all right. So there's a man who's just been diagnosed with death, a very near death. I think his words carry over to us. Of all the things that we could be worried about, if the resurrection is true, if we actually believe that, what concern actually holds weight in our life? So does worry, I wasn't supposed to put that up, does worry have any place in our life? I think it does to an extent. And maybe you would use a different word, we get into all the, you know, weeds and details there, but I actually think it does if our worry moves us to action, okay? And that is the difference between worry and concern. You notice even in our text this morning, Jesus uses that word concern. So what is the difference between worry and concern? Because I do think there is a difference and it's an important difference. Maybe you saw in the headlines on Tuesday, uh, Surgeon General, I don't know how to say his name, Vivek Murphy, I think, maybe that's it. He, uh, he's a proponent of mental health awareness and he put out uh, you know, from the Surgeon General a, a claim talking about social media and talking about its major effects that it's having on younger teenagers. They finally just decided it. Of it's contributing to depression, anxiety, other problems, which this report didn't catch anybody by surprise, right? We've been tooting that horn for a while that social media is having negative effects, but now finally the government is not looking at this as parenting advice. It's looking at societal advice. Like as a society, this is now becoming a problem, which is why we're addressing it. And it's creating a lot of worry in people who have kids right? We're worried about our children. If we don't have children, many of us are worried about our nation. We're worried, if anything, about humanity, about the effects that social media is having on the minds of the future of us, of humans. And it creates worry. But at some point, we have to shift our worry into actionable concern. Let me break down these two phrases. Concern is a healthy response that moves us to action it moves us to actually do something so an example of this might be if you are concerned about your marriage about the health of your marriage that might move you to get counseling or go to group therapy if you are concerned about your weight you might actually start working out or going on a diet because you want to be healthy again on the other hand worry revolves around things that are beyond our control and often paralyze us to inaction. It is stewing without doing, right? We are thinking about it, but we're not actually doing doing anything about it to bring about positive change, which is likely why Jesus says, can worry add a single hour to your life? Does just sitting and thinking about your problems actually solve any of your problems? Or does it worsen your mental health and you're still stuck in the same place you were before. And then Jesus offers us a guide, a very practical guide to navigate from worry to concern. And he does it through birds. You, you read the text. You know the text, right? Look at the birds. We just read it. They're not worrying about if they're going to eat. They're not sitting idly waiting for food to just drop in their little bird laps. Like if I worry enough about this, something will finally fix and I will be okay again, right? No, they take action. They fly around, they search for worms, they build their nest. You'll never hear chirp, chirp, chirp at 2 a.m. in the morning of little birds worried about what's happening, right? They're not walking around their nest, rubbing their little wings together saying, man, I wonder if the, 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 the supply shortage is going to get into my worm supply. I mean, I don't know if this food shortage, what's going to happen. Like they're not worried about these things. Why? because they know the world they live in, they know the rules of the world, they work, they supply, and they're taken care of. And then Jesus butts in and says, and how much more does God love you than he loves birds? But that's, I mean, it sounds so simple, and yet it's a truth we have to be reminded of every single day. Because while we're worried, we're acting as if we're not more important than the birds that are taking care of and taking care of themselves. God loves you more than he loves birds. Hear it here first. The Beach Church of Christ, a bold statement. God loves you more than he loves birds. And God is going to take care of you just like he takes care of the birds. So when you're worrying about whatever, You're essentially saying, God, I don't trust you. Whenever we're worrying, we're essentially saying, God, I don't trust your plan. I don't really believe that you're with me. I don't really believe that you're good. And I'm like, I'm not judging you at the moment. Like I might have been up at 2 a.m. in the morning thinking about something and it wasn't all my blessings that I have. Like, I'm just as susceptible and vulnerable to this as anybody else. My faith in God's provision for me it ebbs and flows, just like every human being. But here is the truth whenever we can identify what worries us the most, it reveals where we trust God the least. So take a moment, think about it in your life. What do you worry about the most? Is it your relationships? your kids, your spouse, a coworker? Is it a health concern, bad back, high cholesterol, heart problems, something in the family, cancer? Is it a job situation, promotion, fired, a boss that breathes down your neck, you feel stuck and you don't know what to do next? Is it just personal insecurities? I'm not beautiful enough, I don't feel valued, I'm not strong enough. Whatever it is, we have to learn to surrender it to God and trust His faithfulness. To remember that whatever it is, it's just revealing where I'm trusting God the least in my life. So, how do we trust God when we face worry? Well, (coughs) excuse me, Jesus provides an answer for us for that too. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all of these things will be given to you. When worry grips us, we are called to seek God, his goodness, his rightness, his holiness in those moments. So then it begs another question, not what is worrying me or is God going to deliver me from this worry, but the question it should bring up is, is God truly the center of my life? If I am worried about whatever it is, the question that should come to my mind is is am I giving this am I actually giving this to God? Is he really the center of my life? Am I putting him first in my relationships? Do I trust that he will provide for me in some way despite my job insecurity? Do I recognize my intrinsic value as made in his image despite the personal insecurities that I have? Is he really the center of my life or is that something I need to identify maybe worry is an indicator of the place where we need to learn to surrender to God more. And some of you here may have come to this realization that I did, that the reason I feel so burdened that I feel so worried is I'm not putting him first. I'm not giving these things to him because worry reveals where we trust God the least. And he says cast to me all of your worries why because i care about you i care more than the birds more than the flowers more than anything else out there you and only you were made in my image how much more will i give you what you need if you knock i will answer if you seek me you will find me but concern is what leads us to action worry Leads us to inaction. So, unlike our other mental health topics that we've talked about in this series, this discussion on worry is pretty straightforward. It's our sinful nature that makes us choose fear over faith. And <coughs> we live, and the world caters to this, we live with this scarcity mentality. Like there's not enough, there's not enough. I need to take, 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 take what is mine, take what I deserve, take it before other people can grab it because there's not enough for everybody here. But Jesus gives us a new perspective and it's really simple, it's one word, trust. Just trust me, God says. Trust that I will give you what you need. It may not line up with what you want, but it is everything that you need. Let me land this plane talking about three realities regarding our worry. Three realities, very clear realities. The first reality is the thing that you're worried about most may never happen. The thing that keeps you up at night might actually not happen at all. In fact, they did a study at Penn State on this very thing. They had people write down the things that worried them the most. 30 days later, they reflected on that. 91% of the things that people were worried about never happened. Never even faced. Think about that math. That means 10% of the things that you are worried about will actually happen. 10%. And yet it robs a hundred percent of your peace. That's bad investment. (laughs) That's bad math, right? To control a hundred percent of your life, a hundred percent of your faith, a hundred percent of your relationship and your sense of security and your love. It's robbed because of a chance, a 10% chance that it might actually happen. The odds are not in its favor. We worry for things that may never actually happen. Second reality, it may happen, but it most likely will not be as bad as we thought it would. And this happens because we often think worst case scenario, right? And this is a survival mechanic, right? You want to think about worst case scenario because the worst case scenario in our survival mentality is death. And anything short of death, pretty good, right? So if you can avoid death, then you're good. But we're not thinking about death, life and death in most situations. We're thinking about a presentation that we have to make. And sure, we may be nervous about it. We may be worried about it. But normally what happens is we come off of it and it's not as bad as we thought. We ask somebody out, they reject us. And we're like, oh, okay, well, I'm still alive. My heart's still beating in my chest. I guess I'll just move on, right? Again, 100% of our life, of our peace is robbed when we stay up and we worry about things that are most likely not as bad as we, as we uh, think them up to be. And then the last one. It may happen, and it may be as bad as you thought, but we still have to trust that God can carry us through it. To trust that he is faithful into providing us The comfort, the strength, the guidance that we need to get through whatever challenging situation it is. In fact, it is often in those most difficult moments that we learn something about God's goodness that we can't learn any other way. So instead of worrying about it, worrying about what could happen, we have to choose to trust. And trust is a choice. It's a choice that you will have to make later today. Do you choose to trust? Do you choose faith or do you choose fear? Do you choose the default? Do you just not think about it and default into fear? It is a choice. 2 Thessalonians 3.3, but the Lord is faithful. I choose to believe that. I choose to believe that he will establish me and guard me against evil. I choose to believe that. And you have to choose it for yourself. You have to be the bird that goes out and finds the worm, builds the nest to make a choice to do something about the concern that is real, but we're not controlled by our worries. We're moved by our worries to do something about it. So remember, worry can deceive you. It can deceive you into believing that your fears are inevitable realities, but the truth is 10% of it is the only percent that it actually has to happen. The likelihood is it won't. And even if it does, it's likely not going to be as bad as you thought it was. And even if it is as bad as you thought it was, you have a God who is faithful to you. And in fact, he might reveal something to you in that moment about his character, about his goodness that you can't learn about any other way. So instead of allowing fear to consume our thoughts, we must choose to believe in God's sovereignty. We must make that choice, make it today, make it now and make it forever into the future until Jesus comes again.